0: Hello, everyone. Today I'm going to be your host, Jesus Garcia, on the Conviction Gaming Podcast, where we think like a brewer and buy like a financer. Today we're going to be discussing our opinions on Double Masters, and to join me for that uh, is George Tudor. How are you doing, George?
1: Hey, man. I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Doing pretty good. Um, so I'm very opinionated when it comes to this set. Like, there's a lot of things that just make me mad, but. Before I get started on that, uh, what are your thoughts on the set as a whole, at least so far? We have about a little over half of the cards have been spoiled so far. That includes a lot of the Borderless cards. Um, What do you think?
1: So I think from a player standpoint, players should be really excited. Um, This has really got something for everybody. Um, This, more than any master set I can remember ever, um, and even way better in my opinion than ultimate masters which was fantastic has so many super solid edh reprints in it uh i don't know about you but i'm used to you know with the previous three modern master sets as well as you know and and ultimate masters really were i think more focused on modern uh reprints uh, eternal masters i think was more focused on uh legacy and some vintage reprints uh, that weren't reserved list but this set man it, i think it has it all and so far, I mean, it, it's a it's a home run, I think. Uh, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it, kind of what you like, what you don't like, and then uh, I know we have both got some thoughts on kind of the regular uh, booster pack uh, prices and kind of what you can get, as well as the uh, VIP packs. So we're just gonna have a, a little dialogue between the two of us, get our thoughts on uh, double masters, and uh, you know, give you guys some information that hopefully you'll find valuable.
0: Yeah, I mean. It's uh, the Master's set of Master's sets. It is literally Double Masters in that regard. I feel like this the way it's positioning itself, it can actually outclass Ultimate Masters, which I really like. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Double Masters has two rares or Mythics per pack, and it has a, what, $300 price point? $300, give or take some, price point per booster box. In addition to that, there are... v well, and those booster boxes come with two um, box toppers, which are full art, non-foils. So you can get a normal box, or you could get a Double Masters VIP Edition, which comes with four, and that's one pack for $100. So that's <laughs> steep. Uh, it comes with four, uh, I guess two of them are guaranteed rares or mythics, which are foil. These are normal art ones. And then it comes with two full art cards, which up until recently were supposed to be Rares and Mythics, until they showed off that there are some commons and uncommons that were upshifted for it. Um, And those are going to be full art foils. So you can only get the full art foils from VIP packs and the non-foils from your box topper pack. Uh, and to be honest, I hate this. I, I hate that aspect of this product. Um, Because not only is it like an over-the-top price tag, for both the vip edition and the normal boxes but um kind of barring the specific arts behind specific products is it sucks like i wish that i could just be able to buy a pack or two and if i get lucky like i do in corset 21 uh i get a i get a showcase like, I like those showcase frames. I like the new Full Arts that are coming out with these uh, standard sets. And the fact that you can't just crack them in a normal pack of um, what's already considered a premium product master set, it sucks. You're basically gambling with every box topper, and if you're like me, only picking up, well, where you only have the capital to really pick up one VIP bo- uh, booster, uh, you're, rolling, you're rolling a risky die.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what we were talking about just before the cast started. It's, uh, you know, if you're the kind of consumer that, you know, wants to take... So, I guess the best way to put it, it maybe you're the type of consumer just like I did the other day, right? It's, uh, I didn't want to buy a whole box of Collector boosters, so I just went and bought one, you know, from your Walmart, Target, your LGS, wherever, um, just to kind of roll the dice, see what you get. I, You know, I think I told you guys I lucked out and I think got one of the best box toppers you could get or, and uh, what the full full ardugan from uh or what core 2021 um but to your point jesus if you're someone that can either only afford or only wants to buy one of these vip packs to roll there's such a massive swing in value that you could see you know for example if you open up um the expedition map i think what so what the five that they show and i think you said they've said that there's going to be six cards upshifted from either common or uncommon to rare for the box toppers. And the five that they've shown so far are Expedition Map, the three, Urzatron Lands, and Crop Rotation. So I think if you bust any of those as your foil box topper, kind of maybe $50, $40, $50 tops, and that's really going to be what right as the set comes out. And honestly, I think the big loss we're going to see in all this, depending on, of course you know, how much VIP product is actually open. Um, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of, if not all of those uh, unhinged full art lands are going to tank in price just because they're getting, you know what, like there's 33 cards in a pack. 12 of them are uh, full art lands. So, so over a third of the pack, you're just getting lands, which don't get me wrong. I mean, they're beautiful lands. Uh, I love the art, but, you know, do you really want to pay $100 for you know, do t- t- you are getting 12 lands? Uh, I, to your point, I think the value has got to be rolled around somewhere a- and you could either get, you know, a 40 or $50 box topper plus some other cool stuff, or you can hit the lottery and get like, you know, the, uh, the box topper Jace in foil or the force of will or mana crypt to be looking at probably, I don't know. I- I'd say probably $300. I literally just saw a treat tweet just before we went on of, um, one of the larger vendors advertising that they had, um, some number of quantity of the foil full art uh, force of wills that they were pre-selling at $300 this piece. So if that's what force of will is at, I, I've got to believe that that's probably the price cap uh for what Jace, the mind sculptor and, and mana crypt, I think actually on TCG they're closer to $500 right now. Right now. Yeah. But uh yeah, to your point I, I think if you're just getting one, it's so risky you could end up with literally, I don't know, 40 to $50 worth of actual value by the time, you know, the set comes out and cards go up for sale versus, you know, you could hit the absolute lottery and, you know, hit several hundred dollars. I'm talking five, six, $700 worth, depending on the rest of the content. So it's just such a wild swing. It's such a bad time, I think, for this kind of product. And to your point, it, there's going to be so many people priced out of something like this due to the pandemic. So, I, hey. yeah. If I we talked, if I'm in your shoes or, you know, any consumer out there, if you can afford it, you're a lot better off spreading your risk and buying a box of these at whatever, you know, it was still absurd, right? It's $400 for four packs. But at least that in that case, you're guaranteeing, you know, to at least get closer to the expected value versus, you know, you can either bust a $50 box top or a $500 and there's a massive difference in between. So,
0: yeah, like from a value perspective, again. I think this set is I don't like the marketing of the set. I don't like the way it's um it, the way it establishes itself as oh hey, you need to drop well, you need to get an entire student loan just so then that way you can guarantee your foil Atraxa, aha. Uh-huh. Um I I hate that. Um but in terms of the art themselves as a player and a collector, I the extended art I will say quite a few of them are brilliant. There's one or two that I don't like. Really, I don't like that they're rehashing Jace's art. Um, I really wish he just got a new art for this. Uh, I don't like the art for the um, crop rotation, but I guess that might just be me. I don't know. Yeah. But like that, for for example, if I I'm gonna get one VIP booster at least. Uh, I don't know if I'll have the capital for any more, considering our current situation uh, with COVID and everything, but I'll try to. And, like, if I get that Blightsteel, that Chrome Mox, the Mox Opal, the Force of Will, I don't really care about the Mana Crypt too much myself, but that's still a good money card. Like, I get those. Those are going straight into my decks. Yeah. I love those arts.
1: <laughs> so, it's a good. that's a good point you bring up, Pesus. So, how ha- I guess my question to you would be how would you feel to your point opening up you know a card that you want for your deck versus getting one that is still worth a lot of money but that either you're never going to play or you know you're not going to use anytime soon or you don't have a deck built with you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. what's your feelings on that versus I don't how happy are you gonna be um, what's the word I'm looking for like utility-wise when it's okay I bust The card that I really wanted that I'm going to put directly into my decks, I'm stoked. Versus, okay, I'm not going to play this card in any of my decks, you know, if not now, then never. But I know it's worth a lot of money. So just tell me, I guess, uh, from, you know, especially the EDH player perspective, how you would feel on, you know, busting something you really want versus busting something that you're not nearly as excited about, but is still valuable.
0: I will say I am a gambler at heart. I'm telling everyone this right now I'm a gambling man i will take this gamble and i love it um so if i get something that i really like that i want to put in my deck then hell yeah i'm keeping it but say i get something that's still relatively valuable or even like even if i just whiff i get a tron land or i get crop rotation where it's like i can still flip it for 50 bucks that's 50 bucks towards my next vip booster and I'm just kind of like... Or if I get a Wormcoil engine, I already have the Masterpiece worm coil. I don't want the this new art because I don't like this new art. I'll sell it, get whatever money back I can, everything else in the pack is gravy, and then reinvest it into another VIP booster. And I basically play a booster box game with this.
1: So, like, and I think that's what a lot of players have been doing with these past two, I guess now or three, uh, sets in with collectors booster boxes, and I could tell you so what I would say just from the outside looking in is Is, is exactly what you've talked about. I think what players are doing is uh you, when they get these collectors booster boxes if they're getting them early enough when the set first comes out That's what everybody's trying to do right. They're busting these boxes They're trying to get all the stuff that they really want for their decks And then they're just trying to sell everything else as quickly as humanly possible uh not even to invest in singles which we'll get into in a little bit uh, on my feelings on that but just to your point jesus to invest in another collector's box and try to keep doing it over and over again and what's happening is is more so than i can ever remember in any time and maybe it's just because you know i'm more on the vending side just probably this past six to 12 months than i ever happened but it's just i can't ever remember a time where it seems like literally within two to three weeks After the set's been released, you know, you're seeing bottoms of some of these cards, especially on reprints that you might not have seen in years, if not ever. So I wonder, to your point, how quickly people are going to be able to try to flip stuff that they really don't want into other stuff they do want. And, you know, kind of the counterpoint is I wonder how many people are going to be trying to do it to get another VIP pack versus how many people are just going to be doing either trying to trade for the stuff that they do want or try to sell, you know, whatever a uh, foil topper that they get for money, and then save that money to buy some singles later. Which, in my opinion, is going to be the better play. This set is so chock full of fantastic reprints, and I think a lot of these cards are going to hit a price floor um, that they may not have seen otherwise. I, I think, to your point, Jesus, I think you'll agree with me here. The caution is going to be with all these different printings. It's a couple things. Um, I know Chris, our other co-host, who couldn't be with us this evening, has talked about this before. If everything is special, nothing is special, right? So that's my concern and my frustration with cards like Mana Crypt and Mox Opal that you know already have the, uh, the, what, the Masterpiece printings. And so now this is another, I don't know, special version. So now people have got to decide which quote unquote special version they want. And at some point, if you have too many special versions, then none of them are special anymore. And if none of them are special, then I don't think any of them are gonna hold as high of a price point has any other because then at that point is personal preference. So I really am going to be fascinated to see what kind of impact people opening toppers that they really don't want are going to have on the market, as well of if it's going to be like the past two or three sets where literally within two or three weeks we're seeing, you know, huge, but I'm just talking on probably, I don't know, 50 to 70% in price because the supply just floods the market. So I think that's going to be really neat to see.
0: Yeah. Like I, I can see that, where it's just kind of like these cards will bomb, and uh, yeah, like you said, if everything special is nothing special, these prices will drop the prices of other premium products. But, and here's a little counterpoint, even if there are more premium versions, as an EDH player, well, from an EDH player's perspective, that that gives the players more options to kind of show off their personality. Like, for example, I like foreign black borders uh, of older cards, uh, or if I get the chance to, full arts. With these new cards, I'm going to be looking at the full art versions of cards that I want, or that I might already have premium versions of, like my Chromox and Mox Opal, just because I think these look better. These show off kind of my... Correction. These versions are better for me because I'm a show off. like and i think that's going to be a this is more of a personality thing but a big thing especially with so many edh focused reprints in the set it's all about showing off your personality from a player's perspective so like having new arts for the swords of x and y all these arts are gorgeous but i also really like the old masterpiece frame so me, I'll probably lean towards masterpieces for these, like I lean towards on Warm Coil Engine um, and some of my other cards. But I really like this comic book style Blightsteel Colossus. So even if they release another alternate art Blightsteel, this might be my long-term preference just because that style really resonates with me as I used to read a lot of X-Men comics when I was little, for example. So Although yes, from a price perspective, and even like just common sense perspective, everything special, nothing is, and all these prices will drop in time. There are these personality decisions that will help determine. Well, that will is better for players in the end. Right. So, that's uh, that's how I see it. But then you look at the. Magic's history, especially with a lot of like these premium version arts, um, there has always been the one true premium art. So like Masterpiece Soul Ring, compared to all the other versions of Sol Ring including the Command Fest one. That card's been reprinted to hell, but st- the Masterpiece still holds value simply because it is the Masterpiece. Because it is a premium art one that not only looks gorgeous, but is truly unique from the others and a lot of people lean towards. Um, Look at Mox Opal. Mox Opal has a uh, Judge promo printing, which I personally have, and a Masterpiece version. While the Masterpiece version costs more due to it being of lower, well, like having an overall lower supply, when talking to people about which arts they prefer, it's pretty back and forth. And the reason for that is because some people simply just don't like the Masterpiece art. Or some people have a preference towards the Masterpiece frame. Me, I'm not the biggest fan of the Masterpiece art, so I go towards the Judge promo. Hence why I have that one in my Brea. But looking at this new art, I'm thinking I might switch it out to- for this new uh, Double Masters art. Simply because I love the contrast between the Meriden. Uh, Well, the Mirrodin hands holding the Mox Opal versus the Phyrexian hands or the new Phyrexian hands holding the Mox Opal. Right. Uh, These sort of... These little differences matter for a player. And then, in the case of like a one true premium, we're getting a Full Art Atraxa, one of the most popular commanders of all time. And this is where I'm getting pissed because Breya didn't get a Full Art when Atraxa and Kalia did. Just my little spite there. It makes no logical sense.
1: No, that's no, we were talking before, and I agree. It's I, To your point, it, I think some of these, especially what those two in particular, uh, looking through them now, like Phyrexian Metamorph, Cyclonic Rift, obviously, uh, Steel Colossus, Doubling Season, these are all cards that, you know, we've been clamoring for really nice versions for, for a long time. So the fact that for whatever reason, Wizards decided to make two of, you know, kind of I'd call commander staples as far as the generals and not Brea. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I think that was a missed opportunity on their part. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, hey, Susan, looking at the set, I, I think where people should be really excited, both from an EDH and a constructive standpoint, is you look at a lot of these reprints and some of them either I think most of them have been reprinted already, but some of these it's, it's been a while and the price has kept rising on a lot of them uh, Some examples I wanted to show obviously walking the has still been very expensive uh, Since it got printed in a the revolt. I, I think this is definitely going to drive the price of that back down uh, I think it go go as low as you know, sub ten dollars I'm talking five to eight dollars where it kind of initially started with uh, You know when a the revolt came out before people realized how good the card was Um but now that it's printed at rare, I think there's going to be a ton of this open. I think it's really going to help drive the price of that down. Some other ones I was looking at that I think, you know, these printings are really going to help are cards like uh, Risk the Redeemed uh, and Blasphemous Act. Uh, I think both of those cards are right around the six to eight dollar range, maybe a little higher in the case of Reese. But you know, I was literally just looking a minute ago. I was kind of really surprised to see this already. If you look at Blasphemous Stacks on TCG Play, it looks like this is going to be the sixth printing of the card. Um, all of the other printings right now, outside of the upcoming Double Masters printing, currently are running at about 5 to $7. Uh, so, you know, fairly on the high end for a card that, uh, you know, is a rare, has been printed multiple times. Uh, right out of the gate, I see Double Masters printings uh, as low as $3. So I think that's really going to help drive the price down especially as more supply hits the market on some of these cards. And I think the other thing on top of, of you know, and I'm just talking about non-foils, so that's not even, about you know, the amount of foils that are actually going to be opened in the regular packs uh, that I think is really going to help make those affordable for a lot of players. What, Walking Ballista is another perfect example there. I know it's got now the, uh, what, the Godzilla art uh, one, but if you just want a foil Walking Ballista, I believe, you know, literally is... Little as a month or two ago is probably pushing forty to fifty dollars. So with a ton of those entering into the market now, with double masters being open, you know I could see that price going all the way down to 15 dollars uh, short term. And I think, Jesus, that's where players I think are going to get by far the best value. Is anybody looking for any of these cards, foil or non-foil? You know, this is going to, this should hypothetically just to, obviously with COVID going on, nothing's a guarantee anymore, right? We we don't know. Truly, what kind of impact um, this is going to have on putting supply into the market? But really, with all of these cards um, entering, any kind of additional supply is going to help suppress prices some and make them affordable for people. And then, obviously, the kind of the the big uh, sort of like wild card is going to be if we get the second round of stimulus that's currently being thrown around. And if that happens, then all bets are off. I mean, you know, then we could see a ton of supply. I think especially Double Masters enter the market because they're, once again, like we kind of discussed at the beginning, there's something for everybody in the set, right? I mean, you got Skithrix, you got Arkham Dax, and you got all these outstanding EDH cards uh, that are going to enter the market and help drive those prices down. And then you've got a ton of constructed staples in Forceville and Jace the Mind Sculptor, Dark Confidant, Sneak Attacks. So I think really, no matter what kind of player you are, there's something for everyone here. And I would tell people, if you haven't already pre-ordered, my stance would be uh, just hold tight and wait on the singles market. Um, You're going to see some of these uh, cards really, really go down in value. And uh, there's going to be, I think, some fantastic buying opportunities for whatever uh, format you enjoy playing.
0: Yeah, and I fully agree with that. Um, I really like what's going to happen in terms of foils. Um, for example, you mentioned Rist the Redeemed. That was a looked not long ago because I was looking at the original Lorwyn printing. It was like a twenty-two, uh, I want to say thirty-ish dollar foil, depending on condition. And now that, well, because mystery boosters dropped the price of the non-foils, but we're talking Commander here. Uh, the foil still held a nice premium. This is going to re- lower the price, which is going to end up bringing more players want to like bling out their decks or at least bling out their commanders braids is getting reprinted which is really nice another foil that just we haven't seen for a while yeah uh, and then people who just want to foil out their decks are getting a lot of nice cards here that hey they probably wouldn't have been able to see a foil otherwise so like hammer of nizan is a first time foil for example like that's going to be huge
1: yeah see and i think in case Cases like that, we'll have. To, I think that's going to be different, right? Because it's the first time printing, I expect that to have a pretty hefty premium. So that's kind of one of the cards that, if you do get the regular booster box instead of the VIP packs, I think that's really one of the cards you're going to want to see, right? Because that could be the kind of card, due to its, you know, popularity in EDH. Where it could see a much higher multiplier than, say, to your point, a risk the redeem that's already had a foil printing, or you know, an, a, one of any of these other cards that have already been printed in foil.
0: Yeah, I agree fully because, like, again, it's a one-time foil, and Hammer of Nizan is a notable card in various EDH lists. Equipment matters is has been a theme for a while, and even Hammer of Nizan is a notable piece, and even CEDH with um, Godo Helm. So, like, once you take these into consideration, some well, like these first-time foils are going to hold a very solid premium, and I think it's going to be fantastic. Otherwise, it's going to be lowering the costs of all the non-first-time foils pretty significantly that will help bring new players in. So, like, for example, I don't want to drop a ton of money for a Trinisphere, but I'm going to be wanting one if I'm going to be building stacks. So I might as well just pick up a foil now because it's getting reprinted. In, oh, it's getting reprinted, and the foils are going to be cheaper. The swords yeah. of X and Y are in the same boat.
1: Yeah, and because those haven't been reprinted in forever, so I know got like Sword of Fire and Ice. I know up until uh, this upcoming printing was up to I think fifty, sixty dollars. It was extremely high. Uh, same with. Uh, You know, we'll have to see, I guess what, there's only two swords so far? I've got to believe they're going to have at least a set of five, and if I had to guess, based on the first two, that it's going to be the uh, opposite color pairing. So I would expect we'll see, what, blue-green is fire and mind. we already got blue-red. We'll have, what, black-white, which was uh, sort of, is it shadow and light? I kind of remember that
0: one. Light and shadow, warm peace, fire and ice, feast and famine, body and mind.
1: Feast and Famine. Uh, all the
0: original ones, essentially. Yeah. Not the two that were introduced in Modern Horizons.
1: Right. And then Feast and Famine, also badly in need of a reprint. So,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. That one's that one's been uh, holding a high price tag for a long while. Yep. Same with like Ensnaring Bridge, which we saw uh, get spoiled a while, oh, a while back. That right. needs a reprint, and it's getting one, which is going to be fantastic. And so- I'm, also, I'm also somewhat interested in these first-time non-foils. Particularly Brea and Attracts, well Brea Attracts and Bruticlad for those people who actually do not like foils in their deck to avoid curling. Like those are going right. to be very interesting. Watching how their price holds long term.
1: it's it's good that you bring up curling. So that was the other thing that I don't think anybody's really talking about yet, but something I want to discuss. I don't know about you, I do have some concern of what the card quality is going to look like on these. And I think that could really impact the value of some of these higher end cards, especially, you know, those foil box toppers from the VIP packs. Um, You know, obviously there's a supply chain issue, which we've documented a few times on the cast, talking about it mainly from a finance standpoint. But that also impacts how and where these cards are actually made. So, you know, I've heard that production is down. We've seen it obviously with Jumpstart, with there being massive delays. So, I really do wonder uh, what the card quality is going to be like coming out of these packs. And I, I man, I, they've got to hope that it's good and that these are durable cards. And that, you know, unlike some of these secret layer products they're getting, where the cards are literally curled coming out of the box, I think if they have stuff like that with these like $100 packs, it's going to be a PR disaster.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And have you seen the sta- the foils coming out of these standard sets lately? I have almost no doubt in my mind for these foils. If you're not very careful with them, like I generally am when it comes to any of my foils, uh, these are going to be hot garbage. I think they're going to curl pretty quickly, especially compared to like older foils from say pre Kaladesh. Um, it's going to be bad. I legitimately think the, these foils will end up curling because, like, look at the foils coming out of Ikoria. I think that's probably our best example so far where those full art foils, they curl fast. And it's really bad. But if you're careful, you end up taking care of your foils. Do what I do. Use desiccant packs. Double sleeve your foils. Uh, they should be able to hold fine
1: yeah yeah i i sure hope so To your point it's i mean nothing's good well so you brought up kind of the card quality in it just and curling i don't know about you um i know when i opened my first dicoria collectors booster i felt like several of the cards already had like some type of wear or nicks on them i'm talking literally had never been removed from the pack i don't know it was just they were jammed in the packaging too fast by the machines or or whatever the case was but that was a giant feel bad when I pulled, say, I don't like a foil Mothra from the pack that's supposed to be $80, and I look at the bottom and there's wear all over it, and it's like, well, I don't know A, what kind of impact that's going to have on the price. It's a significant impact when it's higher end foils, and B, you know, if I can even get it fixed, or if so, you know, how long it's going to take, et cetera. I know Wizards is usually really good about when there's actual product defects taking care of it, but. I think if you've got, you know, God forbid, can you imagine if someone goes on Twitter and says, hey, look at my full, full will that uh, not only is curled coming out of the pack, but has an indention or whatever. It, it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. And, it, you know, it's already been hard having a lot of faith in the quality of stuff that they've released over the past two or three years. So if they have their hundred dollar packs and they end up with a ton of production quality issues, I, I think it could be. Uh, a major detriment and conversely what could end up happening with that is if it's kind of right like twofold either people are going to lose um confidence in the product and it's not going to sell well so at first maybe prices still go down because people think okay the hell with this or two you know if if it doesn't sell well and you got all these awesome reprints well then if enough supply doesn't enter the market you could start to see the prices skyrocket and much sooner than later with all the supply chain issues yeah
0: i mean i i mean i just i've been upset with wizard's handling of premium products for a long time since before secret layers i mean just look at oh like i think one of the best examples of this is look at how some of the Kaladesh masterpieces came out of the pack. Some pack-fresh Kaladesh masterpieces would have nicks on corners, the edges would be scuffed. I know for a fact my duplicates, which I got off Chris, uh, it was really new. And even then, it still had some wear on the upper edge, simply because they handle these things poorly to begin with. And I have, despite having very little faith in Wizards in that regard, I still love foils and premium products. I just want it to be in a good condition. And if Wizards can't follow through with that, on a product that is this expensive, especially at a time like now, where they probably should have delayed this product to begin with, and just let Jumpstart settle, come on! Like, It's You're too- gonna piss off the entire community. It's gonna be a PR disaster, and they're gonna have to do something to fix all these recent problems, like the mass reprint shenanigans. Well, the mass uh, misprint shenanigans going on in Jumpstart. Like, sure, people love misprints, but Christ, it's happening so often with Jumpstart that it's just it's scary from a card quality perspective.
1: On top of the fact that right, they've had all these recent PR issues, really just with double masters, where you know I think thought or each box topper was going to be a an actual rare or mythic card. That it's not like it was what where we have the crop rotation expedition map, the Urza lands upshifted from common to rare, just like they did with cultivate. And it would have been one thing, I think, if they would have given people a warning that they were going to do that and also let them know that, hey, it's not like it's, you know, a garbage card that we're upshifting. Obviously, um, in the case of uh, Expedition Map, I think, you know, a non-foil Expedition Map, regardless of set, buy list for like 2 to $3. So you know that it's a valuable card. It's a good card. It sees play in multiple formats. But regardless of any of those facts, the fact that you essentially told the public, hey, count on... Um, double masters is going to have box toppers that are all rares and mythics. So you've got people excited to your point, thinking about all the possibilities and then you reveal that bombshell and they're like, Oh, just kidding. You, we, you know, yes, I guess technically they didn't lie. They are, they are all rares and mythics, but you didn't give anybody some kind of hint that you were going to upshift stuff. And that's where, you know, To your point, Jesus, you're talking about a $300 regular booster box. You're talking, you know, $400 for a pack of four VIP packs or $100 per pack of what, 33 cards, which a third of them are lands. So the fact that, you know, you waited until after people potentially, you know, pre-ordered hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of product. And then, oh, by the way, you know, some of these quote unquote rares are stuff that we upshifted is... It's, it's appalling, honestly, and it's just a massive slap in the face to people that the consumer confidence, and we're going to have to see how it plays out. Um, I think the other thing I want to discuss with you is just, uh, first off, what are your favorite cards in the set so far? Or your favorite or least favorite? And then kind of what else do you expect to see and what else do you hope to see in the set?
0: So Let's start off with favorite cards, because I kind of want to bounce a little bit off of this with you. You know I love artifacts. Brea is my baby, and I will say that almost every single cast where it's pertinent. So I'm actually really excited to see some of these uh, new foils that are coming out. Uh, and even like just the fact that, hey, these are getting reprinted. Like I need a Force of Will because I want to get into CEDH. But so that's more of a need, not a matter of, I really love this card. I'm looking at, like, I love Master Transmuter. It's a fantastic card. It's very flavorful. I just love being able to cheat out Bladesteel with it. <laughs> um, I really love that Brea is getting a reprint. I'm just upset that it wasn't a full art one. Uh, Baleful Strix, I love the fact that it's getting reprinted. I just hate the fact that it got upshifted to rare again. I feel like it should have just stayed in uncommon. As for not only draft purposes also for the fact that if you pull a foil... Well, if you pull a baleful Strix, it's just going to feel bad. Now, if you pull a foil one, I know those hold a little bit of a premium, but with the secret layer baleful Strix that got printed, it's kind of hard to tell which one is considered the go-to premium product. So, and not the... I'm a little split on that one. Yeah. And then... Yeah.
1: I'll say, what about uh, cards you don't like, or you're not excited for?
0: Cards I don't like? Um, okay, that that is actually very hard. Uh, there's a lot of cards in here that I just love, either for flavor reasons, or just because of how ridiculously weird it is. Like, I love Lux Cannon, despite how bad it is. Um, but in terms of just overall cards I do not like, I think there's only really one notable one. And I will—I know for a fact someone's going to argue with me about this, but Oriok Salvagers, like Oriok Salvagers, fantastic card for any sort of combo centric player who just gets Lion's Eye Diamond. Oriok Salvagers win the game. This is a notable com- combo for Breya in particular, but like, and on well, I feel like it's not very impactful a draft perspective for this, uh, for this set and it's also just kind of it's already not a valuable card I don't think it needed a reprint we could have used that well for a well we could have used that slot in white for another uncommon that might have needed a reprint or had just hasn't had a reprint before like even if it's not particularly valuable I think it could have just been better used
1: yeah um, I think that's I think that's all fair
0: And I—that's just me thinking about it from a draft perspective. In reality, there's not a lot of cards in this set that I really hate in particular. I'm just upset with a lot of the design decisions or the marketing decisions they made. Um, So that's just that.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna—it's so hard for me because I know it's eventually I'll talk about this from a limited perspective. I'll do something super briefly now, but it's gonna be so hard. To judge, because they've never done limited like this before. If you ever open two rares or mythics, one of them was foil. It wasn't a "quote unquote" normal pack, right? So the fact that there's going to be two rares and mythics in every pack kind of skews like what to expect. Um, I mean, some of these cards I already see a few combos in limited, right? Like you've got a walking ballista and basilisk collar. That's pretty gross. Your pinger just kills every creature on the battlefield. Uh, You know, excited to see duplicate from a limited standpoint as a colorless answer to basically anything on the board. Uh, To your point, there's a lot of combo centric stuff. Um, I think the thing with baleful strix, I think it would have been too powerful at uncommon in draft or limited, because if you've got an opponent with multiple creatures that you got to think it generates card events, right? You're going to trade for their best creature in the right scenario and draw a card. I think is the reason they didn't uh, print it at Uncommon. Uh, what, Wyra being shifted from what, Mythic and Dominaria down to Rare here is probably gonna crush its value. Um, and, you know, we'll have to see. It's, it should be insane in this with all the legendary creatures and artifacts that are in the set. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. Uh, let me, I wanna hear what you, your thoughts are on Cyclonic Rift being reprinted. Cause, I think most people would agree that they think the card needs to be banned in EDH. And while I am guessing it's kind of a split coin on, or I guess what's the word I'm looking for? I think people are happy it's being reprinted to drive the price back down to a reasonable level. But I think people are also probably a little pissed off because, you know, they're tired of playing either with or against the card. So I'd love to hear your take on it from purely an EDH standpoint on how you think EDH players feel about it being reprinted.
0: Well, it depends on power level. I think the biggest problem with Cyclonic Rift is that it is a card that is um, too powerful for a l- most weaker tables and not strong enough for top tier play. So it when, when you play at like the 80 to 90 percent, which is where me, well where I play with my play group, where I start start getting Chris and playing, it's a very f- actually, we consider it a very fair card. I love the card. It's just, I feel like it's a matter of salt. I don't think it's particularly imbalanced in Commander. Um, I just think that they need to print more effects like that. So then that way, every color has its own version of it. So for example, they end up printing Winds of Abandon, which is effectively the white Cyclonic Rift, which Path Exiles uh, all creatures your opponents don't control when you overload it. Right. Like, if they have more effects like that, like, for each color. So, for example, if there was an Overload one, which is essentially Lightning Bolts, every creature that you don't control, or red, that'd be great. Just well, kind do, of... Right? Oh. oh, yeah, I forgot that card exists. Um, <laughs> but, like, my point still stands, Is kind of like, I think every color needs some sort of effect like that to kind of keep it symmetrical. The problem with Cyclonic Rift for the longest time was not only that it bounces every single permanent, but it's such a powerful effect in a well in a color that has already been powerful for a long time. Right. The fact that it's getting reprinted, I love because that cu- that price needs to go down, hands down. That there's no exception to that. But from a player perspective, I'm just kind of like it's a matter of what play group you're in.
1: That's
0: fair. That's kind of where it just sits. <laughs>
1: So, I think as far as excited, there's just a lot of cool cards. There's not one I'm particularly more excited about. I guess for me personally, uh, I'm really excited about doubling season being reprinted. Um, I think I've owned one or two of these in my life, and uh, every time I do, the price gets so high that I'm like, this doesn't make any sense for me to hold on to. And I end up selling it or trading it away. So, the fact that it's being reprinted now again uh, is really exciting for me. And and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm looking to see. I think it got the. What the box topper treatment so that's also really exciting because cards like that to me, you know going forward if they're going to do these kind of treatments uh, I want to find one that I really like and that, you know, I'm gonna hang on to so Doubling season. That's a perfect example. That's one. I would probably get the either the box topper the foil box topper and then just hang on to it and then that's the card I'll have as my uh, Doubling season for the rest of my life or the rest of my time playing magic um I think the interesting thing we're going to have to see is a couple things. One, so with austere command being uh, spoiled, I think it reasons to uh, think that, you know, the rest of the commands are going to be spoiled. So we're talking cryptic command, I think, is the most relevant one, both usually from a price and playability standpoint. And then from purely a limited standpoint, uh, you got what, profane command, Uh, primal command is very good in what, both EDH and... Uh, limited, and then... I'm trying, what is... Can I kind of never think of that one. Do you know it offhand? E- either way. I think all the, I think all the commands are going to be reprinted. Um, other than that, I, I expect we'll see some more uh, proliferate and or infect stuff. Um, I kind of think that Contagion engine is going to be in the set, even though it hasn't been spoiled yet. We'll see. I don't know if from a number crunching standpoint, it, it makes sense, but there's already between what? There's Throne of Geth, you've got us, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Atraxa, and a few other cards already with Proliferate, so I think you're going to see that. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how many, you know, one, two, three card combos you're going to have in the set. Uh, what? Beacon of Unrest is in the set, so we'll have to see if the other beacons are printed in here as well. Um, I, it's just really exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of cool play patterns. Um, my, like, my only concern is with there being two rares and mythics in each pack. Actually, there's two concerns, really. One from a limited standpoint and one from more of a, I guess, a financial slash feel-bad standpoint, right? From a limited standpoint, you're going to have packs that are just... You should have every pack really full of just absurdly powerful cards. But, hey, so let me present this to you and tell me how you'd feel as a player. I know for me, if I open a pack that's got, you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor and Foil Force of Will in it, and those are my two rares of Mythics, and i got to choose one, that's going to feel really crappy. And I know what they've done in the past to try to alleviate that is if you open some absurd, you know, quote-unquote God pack, because this used to happen in, what, from Battle of Zendikar forward, right, when they had the Expeditions the invocations, et cetera. If you busted a pack that, like, I don't know, had a $100 card in it, but also had an insanely either powerful or awesome limited card, or even valuable, that you didn't want to pass, a lot of LGSs would let you keep the pack and then just pay for another pack to replace the pack. So would love to get your thoughts on, from, once again, like the player standpoint, how you're going to feel if, you know, say you're at your LGS and that's what happens, right? You bust a pack. It's got non-foil Jace, the mind sculptor and foil force of will in it. You know, obviously you're going to be thrilled on one hand. Cause you're getting a really valuable card one way or the other. But I think in most cases, I, I don't know about you. My rule of thumb is I'm going to take the most valuable card, especially if it either pays for one or more packs or if it pays for my whole draft in general, that's kind of my thought process. And this is even what as a limited player, right? Um, I, You've got to think about it to me smartly from a financial standpoint. If it's going to, you know, pay for your next whatever, several drafts or whatever, I think you take the more expensive card. But obviously, if you're talking about pure power level and which card is probably going to help you win more games, I would argue in general that Jace the Mind Sculptor is a more powerful card one on one versus Force of Will. So, would love I mean, to hear your take on it. Though.
0: The way I see it, um, I'm not a limited player. But, it it would feel horrible just to crack that. Like, if I'm stuck between a Force of Will and a Jason Mind Sculptor, it'll feel bad to crack it. But I'm taking that Foil Force of Will, not because it's more valuable, but I'm taking a premium card that I'm going to be actively using. So say if I get a Foil Force of Will, I know for a fact I'm going to be putting that into decks. I know for a fact that it's not only going to be useful in the draft, But you'll see repeated play in my own collection. Where Jace the Mind Sculptor doesn't really have a home in my collection. Granted, I would love to have one. But it's more so to say I have one than to actually play it. Because it doesn't really work uh, in the format that I play, which is EDH
1: right so then
0: let's
1: let's flip the tables a little then you pick pick two cards yeah, you any two cards out of the set that i don't so what like uh doubling season i guess would be a better example and i don't know what's an insane mythic that you uh
0: doubling or doubling no. season and atraxa i would oh. say i'm setting that pack aside let me buy a new one for this draft right Half
1: <laughs> say, doubling season and mana crypt that's probably a really good one and one of them is foil and you're just like man this sucks because no matter what you pick, like obviously, see, I think, I don't know, but in that case, I'm going to pick the foil because I know it's going to be more valuable, but it's just such a feel bad passing the absurdly powerful card to your left, knowing that, you know, and, and some LGSs will let you pick another pack, a lot of other ones won't. So I think that's the other thing that you're going to see, you know, especially in draft. I don't know how many drafts are going to be done, obviously, with every, with the current state of you know, our country with the coronavirus and everything else. But in general, if this were at regular times and I open a pack and I bust, you know, a foil doubling season and a non-foil mana crypt, I'm going to be so annoyed. Obviously, you know, does that make any sense? I guess.
0: Oh yeah. No, no, I fully understand that feeling. And this is why I do phantom drafts, (laughs) (laughs) but enough of that. Like, it's just, there's a lot going on with the set. And Just hands down, I think everyone can agree there is a ton going on with this set. Whether you feel fantastic about it or awful about it, I mean that depends on what side of the coin you're on. If you're, like if you had a collection that just dropped in value that you were planning on selling, well now you're stuck. And that sucks. Otherwise, if you're a player trying to buy in, this set's fantastic.
1: yep i'm a collector
0: trying to buy in i feel like i got screwed
1: (laughs) see i i would see it on the opposite end right because so from the finance perspective even people that sell cards it's a lot easier to sell 10 cards that are worth five dollars a piece than it is to sell what one card that's fifty dollars for whatever there's just psychological barriers for people obviously with everything going on you know price is important but i think in general short term to your point you're exactly right if you lose whatever 30 percent of the value of your collection because a lot of it was wrapped up in these cards that are being reprinted and they just absolutely tank then sure you're going to be super pissed especially if you know unfortunately due to the current circumstances that's why you're having to sell conversely though that's i think if you could weather the storm there's just going to be so many great pickups in this and just every card i've seen almost so far it it sees play in something i haven't seen anything so far that is i just looked and i'm like if i opened this in a pack i would be so mad nothing so and i think that's saying something that they're paying attention you know granted we've still got another week of previews to see right so we'll have to see if maybe uh they did put the best up front this time and save the garbage for the end but in general everything i've seen so far makes me really excited to play with the cards makes me really excited to open uh the packs and you know i hope that they'll leave the value fairly level because that's the challenge too right is they don't want to pump the set so full of value that you know that you i don't know your 300 hundred dollar box is initially worth I don't know nine hundred dollars on average, well then I don't you're gonna have so much uh supply enter the market which once again it's great from a player perspective the prices the cards are gonna plummet but it it's not realistic to kind of tell people even if that happens at first that these boxes are quote unquote free money so I think it's really gonna be interesting to see the second week of previews. I'm excited for it. So far I'm really excited and really impressed. I just uh wish they would have been more upfront from a communication standpoint on uh, what to expect, what to expect, especially from the, you know, the VIP side of things and, you know, the fact that now, yeah, especially with this set, they didn't even tell us they were going to upshift stuff into an already expensive product, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, there's almost nothing in this set that just hasn't, isn't playable. I can name may I can name exactly one card in this set where I'm just kind of like, why is this here? Uh, I don't see the scene play anywhere, but like other than that, it's pretty great. And for yep. those of you who don't know the card and who are curious, Ion Storm. Ion yep. Storm. It's a rare <laughs> enchantment.
1: Yeah, I think it was initially printed in 5th uh, Dawn, and yes, it's been a bulk rare since as long as I can remember it. so
0: It's hot garbage. <laughs> but we're coming up on time soon, so I want to hear your final thoughts. Uh, as a whole, what are you really expecting out of this set? Even if assuming that, well, assuming that we just don't get hard shafted with the second half of this set.
1: So, I, I think from a player perspective, purely, no matter what format you play, this should be exciting for you. There's going to be a lot of these cards entering the market, you know, if the economics allow for it, of course. Um, that should excite people. That's going to drive the prices of a lot of these cards down some of them you know will plummet and never occur i think a lot of these though they're going to drop uh, maybe even significantly you're going to have a short-term chance to buy some of these at the bottom and then you know within a 6 to 12 month period they should rebound nicely um from a financial perspective it, you know it is very concerning on a couple fronts one it is very very Mythic front-loaded as far as the value is concerned. So, you know, you're gonna have people take who's buying these $300 boxes and if they don't bust, you know, say one of I don't know, force of will or Mana Crypt or Jace the mind sculptor or doubling you know a big dollar mythic They're gonna be super pissed. They're gonna feel really bad They're gonna feel like they didn't get their money's right. I think in general, that's how they're gonna feel so We're just really gonna have to see what kind of impact that's gonna have from a confidence standpoint and whether you're gonna have people, you know, to your point, what they've done the past few sets, right, with the collector's uh, packs, trying to resell, recoup their investment as quickly as possible and go back to the well and buy some more, or whether you're gonna have someone that opens up a box that they paid 300 plus dollars for, you know, the expected value only ends up being, I don't know, we'll say 200 on, you know, a low, but kind of bad case scenario. Okay, so I lost a hundred dollars, uh, didn't get anything I wanted and didn't bust anything worth a ton of money. I think that's going to leave a really sour taste in some people's mouth. And, uh, you know, it could prevent product, more product from being open than it should because so much of the value so far is going to be soaked up in a lot of these higher end mythics.
0: Yeah. I mean, you kind of said, Oh, you kind of said it all for me. Um, as a collector from someone who wants a lot of these full arts, a lot of these premium arts, uh, it's getting to this point with Wizards of the Coast, where I'm feeling very similarly about it where I do with when I play League of Legends. I feel like I'm stuck in, abus- in an abusive relationship I just can't get out of, where I'm just <laughs> constantly being like, I want this, I want this, I want this, but I just can't get it. I just can't afford it. Like League of Legends, I want to get gold, I want to get gold, I want to get gold, but I'm horrible at the game and can't seem to improve because I just suck. Uh, with this, it's a matter of money, though, and when you get to that point where it starts to feel really bad about when it comes to money, that's when you start turning people away. And there's already a large amount of people who are straight leave, like being very salty at Wizards and some people even quitting Magic because of Secret Layers. If more and more product is going to look like this, then what's that going to mean for the community?
1: Yeah, you could end up, you know, if you haven't already, alienating a lot of people. And that's that's kind of what I'm going to have to wait and see is uh, what kind of impact it's going to have. You know, I think this second round of stimulus or not stimulus is really going to be critical to this kind of second half of the year or maybe into the first half of next year. Um, as far as if people are buying, if so, what they're buying, and how many people end up having to dump their collections to pay their bills.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going through hard times right now, and I know for a fact that I've been feeling it, my family has been feeling it, um, but it is what it is. We just got to fight through it, and hopefully things get better. And if we're coming up on time here, so I don't really want to end on a, oh, a somber note. <laughs> Let's just say, well, overall, if you can afford it, pick up a VIP booster or pick up a box. Whether it's a box of VIP boosters or a box of just the base set, it's just going to be worth it in terms as from a player's perspective, because you're just going to get something that's playable. That's almost guaranteed so far. Uh, if you're coming up from a finance perspective, I think at this point, watch the price of singles. And some of those key full arts are gonna be really good investments long term. I'm looking at a track, so I'm looking at Blight Steel, and I'm even looking over at that Chrome Mox because I haven't seen an art of Chrome Mox that I actually enjoyed until just now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's that's that's I think the play. It's to your point, if you buy a box, either one, I think you're gonna get a lot of stuff that No matter if you're a constructed player only, like, you know, the basic constructed formats, or if you're EDH, I think everybody's going to get something that they like in the packs that they open. Uh, But from a finance standpoint, I think it makes much more sense. Let the bottom fall out of some of these cards. I expect the bottom to fall out on some of them completely. Uh, Noble Hierarch, I know, is already plummeted. I think it could be as low as, like, $5. When you get five dollar noble hierarchs, guess what? That's going to be great for anybody that wants to play modern, because you got to remember that was a thirty, forty, fifty dollar card at one point. So, I think it's going to be really good about two to three, maybe four weeks in this time. I I do expect a little more of this to be opened. Uh, and granted, that's I don't know how much is actually going to be open. That that's the million dollar question to me between VIP packs and the regular stuff. That this is not a cheap product, and we are not in a time where people have a lot of disposable income. So that's going to be the key factor on how much some of these prices drop if at all um especially on these mythics you know because if it's not opened a ton th- that's not going to have as big of an impact on the uh prices of those as other stuff but I, I think no matter what your play style is whether it's limited whether it's constructed whether it's casual there's cards in the set that everybody love that you should be happy to open and i think yeah to your point jesus i would I'm looking forward to you know having a box. I, I still haven't decided if I'm going to take the risk on VIP packs or if I'm just going to get a regular booster box. For me, I think it's I like getting booster boxes more. And hopefully, you know, when we're able to play with our friends, just get together and have that experience. You know, it is about the gathering, right? So, uh, but really looking forward to this product. I, I do. Uh, I just really hope, fingers crossed, that the second week of uh, spoilers are even as close to as good as the first week. It, they don't have to be great. They've just got to be, you know, average. Uh, you know, you've already put out Force of Will, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Doubling Season, Blight Blightsteel Colossus. You put out some heavy hitters. So as long as the rest of them are at least average and somewhat playable at best, it, this this product's going to be a home run, in my opinion. So,
0: yeah. Well, that's it for the cast tonight, guys. Thank you for joining us. My name is Garcia, also known as Hispanic of the Disco. You can be able to see find me. Uh, at Hispanic at the D5 on Twitter, and you can be able to follow Conviction Gaming at ConvictionMTG on Twitter, or go to our website, uh, ConvictionGaming.com. George, mind uh, telling everyone your info, where they can get a hold of you?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, at GTutor.
0: All right. Well, have a good one, guys, and thank you for joining us.
1: Great cast. Thanks for joining everyone.